name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. When you think of the Bahamas, what comes to mind? Those beautiful beaches, the water, the absolute perfect weather. What about the food? Would you ever consider going with a local expert to take you around to expand your mind and have an experience of a lifetime to try something new? I am delighted to have on my guest, Sandy, founder of Island Food Tours based in Nassau, Bahamas, where her company offers a few unique tours to have you try and taste some of the best food in the Bahamas. Welcome, Sandy. Did I miss anything? No, you didn't. That's perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So excited to have you on. I love to start off every episode with a bit of your background, other jobs you've had, other places you've lived, just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. Okay, awesome. So my name is Sandy, or a lot of people know me as Captain Sandy. I'm actually a boat captain and a navigator by profession. And that's kind of the way how I got into the tourism industry, to be honest. Um, So I've worked um, on commercial vessels in the oil and gas industry. And so on those vessels, we would go to different countries to deliver the fuel, to deliver the gas. And so I got accustomed to, okay, this week we're in China, the next couple weeks um, we're in the Middle East, we're in Europe. And so when we visited all of those places, I got a chance to get off and explore. And one of the ways that I always found um, to get a good taste and a good feel for the country was to eat the local food. And not just to eat the local food, but to eat it where the locals were actually eating it and to go to the places where they would go for the food. And so that's a little bit how I got into um, the foodie culture, being a foodie, um, and just excited to try foods all around the world and then to bring it back home to the Bahamas. So that's a little bit about my background. You know, I am an island girl. Um, So I love the water. I love boating. I love swimming, snorkeling, anything to do in and off the water. Um, I do currently reside in the Bahamas. Um, I left for a short time to go off to college and to work, but I am back in the Bahamas full time and operating Island Food Tours, which is the only um, mobile food tour company in the Bahamas. So there's other walking tours, but we're the only mobile tour. Um, So I'm so excited that we get to bring this product to the market in the Bahamas. And I'm very excited to be on your podcast today. So thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. First of all, I what an interesting story. I love the fact that you were in boating. I think boating is so interesting. I love being on the water. So to me, that sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> but I also loved what you said about the food tours because a lot of times there can be food tours that are good. But they typically will take you to the touristy, quote unquote, places. I really appreciate tours from people who are local, who really know local places that you would never, ever think to go to. So I really love that. And when it comes to your business, right, talk me through the name, why a mobile food business, like what was your thought process around that? 
the reason for the mobile food tour is because I wanted people to be able to really experience the places that me and my friends and my family go to. And those places are not in walking distance. So they're not in walking distance of the downtown area. They're not in, in walking distance of where the cruise ships come in. They're spread out all over the island. And so to give people a true taste of Nassau or a true taste of the Bahamas, I said, you know what? We got to put them in a, in a car. We got to put, not a car, sorry. We got to put them in a van and we have to shuttle them to these places where the really good food is. And so, you know, we thought about a walking tour when me and my partner um, initially were putting our heads together. We thought about a walking tour. But then we quickly kind of canceled that idea because we were like, no, the, you know, the, the food places that we love, they're spread out. They're all over the island. And so that's kind of how the mobile um, aspect of it came about. And, you know, there, like I said, there are other food tours around and they are, they're popular as well. And they're great tours. But we just wanted people to really, really go off the beaten path and to enjoy the places that we love. I love, love, love all of this. <laughs> That's amazing. Talk me through logistics, though, in terms of how long are these tours, how many tours you offer, how many people, just so people understand what they're getting themselves into. Okay. So we, we run it two different ways. So we cater, we almost cater to two different markets because in Nassau, um, we are very heavily inundated with cruise ship visitors. So on any given day, we can have three, maybe four cruise ships in the port at the same time. But then we also have the aspect where we have our hotel visitors. So we have our tours kind of split um, where for the cruise ships, we kind of um, carry a larger amount. So we have a bigger bus where we can transport between 20 and 25 guests at a time. And then for the hotels, we have smaller buses that can accommodate 12 to 14 guests. I personally prefer the smaller groups just because they're a little bit more intimate and you can really be a little bit more one-on-one -on -one with your guests. Um, so we run it two ways. So we have a larger bus that's just for cruise ship visitors. And then we have the smaller buses that are for um, persons that are staying over that are in the hotels. And so the tour runs for three and a half hours. And in that three and a half hours, we take you to five tasting stops. So the idea is just that during that three and a half hours, you would have you would have gone through the full spectrum of Bahamian dining. So you would have been able to sample some of the things that we would eat, like as an appetizer, for example. You would get to sample what we eat as a main dish. You would get to sample what we eat as dessert. You would get to sample some of the things that we drink, the teas we enjoy, the liquors we enjoy. So it's almost like you're getting a progressive experience over the three and a half hours. And what I love about this tour is that sometimes, depending on how busy the day is, um, sometimes if the chef is available, we'll have the chef come out and speak to the guests and tell them a little bit about what they're eating. And I find that the guests always love that, you know, when they can meet the chef and they can learn a little bit more about the foods that they're eating. So that's one of the exciting parts of the tour. And then I also love just introducing people to, to the local cuisine, what I've grown up eating. So one of the faves is conch. And a lot of people pronounce it conch because it's spelled C-O-N-C-H, but it's actually conch. And it's actually- How do you say that? Conch? Conch? 
Like it's pronounced like K O N K, but it's spelled C O N C H. So a lot of people say conch. Okay, not confusing. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> conch. Okay, and what is conch so people can understand this? So conch is like a very big snail, but it lives in the ocean to kind of give you a visual. What's the taste like? I know some people, I personally have, I've had escargot. Is it similar to that or is it wildly different? No, it's not wildly different. It's a little bit more textured. So it's um, a little bit rubbery. If you consume it raw, and the majority of times we consume it raw, almost like, um, we consume it almost like a ceviche. Um, so it's just the, the conch, it's raw and it's cut up with lime and herbs. So we call that a conch salad. And yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a big snail, but it just lives in the ocean. It's an underwater snail. And so it's so amazing when guests come and we tell them we're going to have conch and we tell them what it is. And a lot of times they're like, what? Like, absolutely not. I'm not eating that. Like they don't want to try it. Not, it's so funny. And then when we get them to one of our favorite spots and they try it, they absolutely fall in love with it and they love it. So that's one of the most rewarding things for me is just seeing that, is seeing the guests fall in love with our local cuisine. Because these are things that I grew up as a child eating, you know, so to some people it's gross, but then to me, it's just the norm. I think you can argue that anywhere, right? I think anywhere you grow up, you may Mm -hmm. have food that's wildly different. You know, when I was in Vietnam, I've tried alligator and that seems to be more normal than it is in America, right? So it it really depends like what you grow up with. And I wanted to even segue into what other, I'm going to say, quote unquote, weird foods are in the Bahamas that may not be so common to other people who are visitors or tourists. I'm trying to think weird. We eat a lot of we eat a lot of seafood, so a lot of fish, a lot of shellfish. Um, but I think the conch is the the only thing that I can think of that you won't find everywhere else. So we eat we we kind of almost eat like the standard American diet, um, but then we have a way that we cook things. Like we we cook them differently, but we ate the same products. Like we still eat a lot of beef a lot of chicken, potatoes, things like that. But we have our own unique way of of the way that we cook because the Bahamas is essentially a melting pot um, of different cultures, food cultures. So, you know, we we borrow the way we prepare food from different cultures, um, from different ethnicities and people who've settled here. So it's kind of like a melting pot. But as of you know, something weird. I can't think of anything else weird. That's okay. But punk is like definitely the one thing that people are like, no, I I don't even want to try it. But, you know, we love to have open-minded people. Sure. I I think anybody would want that, right? Any local who is going to ask you to serve food. I think it's not the idea you may fall in love with it, but it's the idea of trying it. And I mean, look, I've been through this too, right? Perfect example. The first time I tried a mussel, right? Very slimy, kind of strange. And I remember a dear friend of mine said, why don't you try one? I thought, "Eh, I don't know. And she goes, no, try it. And that opened my whole world to all types of seafood where I eat monk, I eat crab, lobster, shrimp, oysters, um, salmon, tilapia, flounder, halibut, like all types of fish. So I think for anybody listening to this, it really is just be open-minded and try something once. And if you don't like it, 
then you don't ever have to eat it again, right? But at least it's the idea of trying something and being open-minded, which leads me to another question about food. It's something I like to ask for any food tour. Do you accommodate for allergies if anybody is keto, paleo, not eating dairy, not doing all types of things? Do you accommodate for that? We accommodate for most allergies. The only thing that we cannot accommodate for is vegans. So if you're vegetarian, we can accommodate you. Um, If you have a shellfish allergy or you're lactose intolerant or, you know, anything else but vegan, it's hard for us to um, confirm that the dishes are 100% vegan. So we don't, we don't, um, we let persons know if you're vegan, we cannot, we cannot confirm to you that you're going to have, you're going to have access to all vegan options. That's understandable. If you say I'm vegetarian and I can eat everything, I just don't want any meat. Sure. We can do that. But vegan goes down like a whole nother path. And so we just want to make sure that we're 100% transparent. Um, and we let you know, you know, in the Bahamas, we don't, we don't, that's not a part of the culture really. So it's hard for restaurants to kind of, you know, cater to that. Um, so that's the only thing, but, but most things, yes, we can. That's understandable. And thank you for sharing that. I have another question for you too. When it comes to, I'm going to say safety, right. And eating food that feels right. I think a lot of, I don't, I've never been to the Bahamas, but I know some people are weary of trying street food or trying food from local places because they think they might get sick, right? Or something really bad could happen to them with an allergy. Can you just ease some people's mind to say that the local food is good, right? It's good to eat. You're not going to really have any issues or, right, any type of like wisdom or thoughts around that to make people feel at ease doing your tour or even just exploring local options of food. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things that we're proud of on our food tour is that we only go to places that are fully licensed um, by the government, um, which means that they meet certain health standards. Um, So those are the places. So we we don't go to anyone that isn't regulated or that we don't know, you know, what their health and safety measures are. So that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on. So yes, they are local vendors, but they're also regulated and they're in compliance with the regulations as per the government. And one thing with the Bahamas, I, and I can, you know, I can say this across the board, one thing with the Bahamas, the when it comes to health and safety, especially with preparing food, the standards are very high. So us personally, we've never had anyone complain of getting sick or any illness or anything on any of our tours. Um, and I've never heard of it. So the, the safety measures are really, really high. And that's something that, you know, we're very proud of the way the persons prepare the food, the way they clean the food, even down to the water. Like in the Bahamas, you can drink the tap water, you know, so it's not like, you know, some places you go and they tell you, oh, don't drink the tap water. You'll get sick. Don't drink the water. Don't even brush your teeth with the water. No, in the Bahamas, you can drink the tap water. So, you know, that's not, um, that, that, that's a part of it. And then another part of it too is that even especially with the COVID pandemic, um, a lot of restaurants have had to even step up their health and safety measures even more to continue to be in compliance, especially in the tourism industry. And if they want to continue to operate 
um, in the tourist environment, they've had to step up their health and safety protocols as well. So yeah, that's definitely um, something that we're proud of. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important because people want to feel safe, right? And they don't want to get sick on vacation. It's the last thing they anybody wants. So I really appreciate that you mentioned that. And one of the things I want to circle back on, and you mentioned this before, a lot of ethnicities and different cuisines from different cultures, right? Can you name me three to five restaurants or little hidden gems to go to that, you know, is it kind of, is there French? Is it Italian? Is it British? Is it, you know, I'd love to hear some like restaurants or cuisines that are just real gems um, in the Bahamas. One thing I like about dining um, in the Bahamas is that you can get an array of international cuisine anywhere from um, British for example, there's a place called the Cricket Club and you can get like the British pot pies. And what I love about the Cricket Club, it's a fusion. It's a fusion of British and Bahamian food. So that's a great spot um, if you want to get British food or British Bahamian fusion food. Um, there's Mezzi Grill that caters to like persons that want a little bit of a Mediterranean flair. Um, they want to, you know, feel if you want to feel like you're in Greece, you want some Greek cuisine then the Mezzi Grill is definitely someplace that you would go. And there's actually a couple places that you can get in the Bahamas that you can get really good Greek food. Um, There's places that you can get Japanese food, Asian fusion, uh, the Asian fusion restaurant, you can get great Japanese food. There's those three are the top that come to mind. Oh, Mexican food. Um, There's a, a really great restaurant called Costa, where you can get great Mexican food. So there's so much different nationalities and fusion here. Even Italian food, there's a a nice restaurant, Cafe Matisse, where you can get really good Italian food. So those are the ones that I know are really good that really come to mind. Thank you for sharing that. And wow, so ethnic and just so many different diverse backgrounds in the Bahamas, something I learn every day. And I'm sure other listeners listening to this feel the same way. That's so fascinating. And talk me through, again, something you also mentioned before that I'd Mm -hmm. like to ask. You mentioned about local cuisine, but foods you've grown up on. Are there three to five different types of plates or meals that you grew up with that you'd like to share? I don't know if it had like maybe it's a fish dish, maybe it's a breakfast dish, maybe it's a dinner dish, like what some just some dishes that you grew up with that are really well known to the Bahamas that maybe people sample on your tour. Absolutely. So for example, oh, and this brings me back to a question you had asked earlier. You had asked, um, was there anything else weird that we eat um, that other people may not be familiar with? What just came to mind um, as I'm thinking about a dish that I grew up eating is crabs. So I know a lot of people are familiar with crabs and they eat crabs, but in the Bahamas, we have land crabs. So the crabs live, they live in the bushes, they they dig holes and they live in holes in the ground. And so we actually have to go into the bushes and kind of search them out and catch them and find them and eat them. And so um, we used to do a demonstration on our tour, like we would show people the actual land crab when they're in season, because they're not always in season. And people are always intrigued because, you know, everybody just thinks, okay, crabs in the ocean. So when we tell them, no, these are land crabs, like we don't get them out of the ocean. They're in our backyard. They're in the bushes. That's always a good conversation starter. 
And so that's one of the things that I, I grew up eating was land crabs. So we would prepare it or my grandmother would prepare it making a dough, just a simple dough, flour, water, sugar. Um, and we would eat it along with the crab. You would actually dip the dough into the crab because the crab has like this really thick, um, almost like a, it's almost like the, I don't want to say the, in the intestines of the crab. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like the hard shell? And I know what you're saying. It's like the, it's like, like the inside, but that's a lot of work though, to get that little bit of meat. No, like I feel like, is it, is the juice worth the squeeze here? Is that worth it to get that little bit of crab to eat? Honestly, (laughs) honestly, it is a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of work, but it's something that we love. So land crabs is, is a dish that I that I grew up on. Um, we have another dish called sauce, S-O-U-S-E. And basically a sauce is anything that's boiled in water with the vegetables. So um, for example, chicken sauce. So we we just boil pieces of chicken with herbs and we season it and that's it. That's the dish. It's it's easy. Is that kind of like a soup then? It's almost like a soup, but the gravy is not thick. The gravy is literally water. So it's not like a chi- – it sounds like a silly question, but it's not like a chicken broth. Like you're literally putting chicken in water and just some herbs and that's what you eat. Yes. It, it's, almost okay. like a, it's almost like a chicken broth but not as thick. Okay. Yeah, the water is very, very thin and it's seasoned. Um, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's very good. And it's something, it's, it's something traditional that we normally eat on like Saturday mornings, or it's something that we eat if we're not feeling well. So if you're not feeling well, people will say, oh, did you eat some sauce? Did you eat some chicken sauce? Or do you want some sauce? So that's one of the things that I, I grew up eating as well. Um, also, um, we have this dish. It's, it's called the national dish of the Bahamas, but I don't know if it's really the national dish, but it's peas and rice. Um, similar to Jamaica's rice and peas, um, which is just a, a method of cooking the rice, browning it, and adding peas. So that's like a staple. Like every day, you'll find people eating peas and rice, whether it's for with lunch, whether it's with dinner, and especially on Sundays. If you're not, if you don't have peas and rice on your plate on a Sunday, are you even Bahamian? <laughs> Wait, so why Sunday? Is that just like families coming together? I want to yeah. say like a British term, like a Sunday roast, but is that essentially what it is? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like the whole family is coming together and you're dining together over this huge meal. So it's normally peas and rice at the center. That's like the most, that's like the foundation of the meal is the peas and rice. And then everything else is just added around it. The meats, the side dishes, um, the gravies, everything else is just added around that, but that's like the base. Um, so that's one of the things that I definitely um, grew up on. And then also a lot of seafood. Like I said earlier, we eat a lot of seafood. So one of the, the seafood dishes that we absolutely love is called stew fish. And basically it's fish, normally grouper, grouper fish, and the, it's fried and it's cooked down in flour, and tomato paste and it's browned till it makes a stew. And so we normally eat that with something called Johnny cake, which is just like a flatbread. Um, and we normally eat that. That's normally a Saturday morning dish as well. So those are some of the, the main things that I grew up eating. 
I love that. Those are so interesting. And it, again, I want to say like the peas and rice is almost like a rice and beans when you think of Mexico, right? That seems to be a big staple. Yeah. So I love, I find it yeah. so interesting. Rice is such a a food group when it comes to so many yes. cultures. You know, even when I was in Southeast Asia, you always had rice with something. When you're in Mexico, yep. you always seem to have rice. It just seems to be that is very common in so many countries. And yeah. so I love that like there's this common thing of rice, but then everybody has their own flavor, right? Whether you eat yellow rice, whether you add beans, peas, you do fried rice with egg and carrots and yeah. all different varieties. I just love the idea that it's just one simple food that you can change a million and five different ways. So I love that. Another question I have for you too, and I was looking online a little bit about this. Can you explain to me what bush tea is, right? Because I was trying to do some research on this and I was came up a little lost. <laughs> but I saw it, I believe, somewhere on your website, which by the way, love your website. Wanted to shout this out because you also have a video on there that it does yeah. almost like a teaser. It made me want to do yeah. your tour immediately after watching it. So just wanted to shout that out. But I wanted to ask you about bush tea. Is this part of your tour? Is this something people in the Bahamas drink, like talk me through a little bit of like the definition of what bush tea is. Okay, absolutely. So yes, bush tea is on our tour. So bush tea goes back to our grandparents. So our grandparents grew up on what is called the out islands. So the Bahamas is an archipelagic nation. So we're made up of 700 plus islands and keys. And out of those 700 islands, about 34 of them are inhabited. So my grandparents grew up on another island than where I live now. So I live on the main island. They grew up on what we call the family islands or the out islands um, of Andros is the name of their island. And so on those islands, um, they don't have hospitals, like the big hospitals, like what we have. Um, they have probably like a little clinic, you know, in the different settlements. And so my grandparents, they're old school, right? So they grew up in a time where when you had an ache or a pain, you didn't run to the doctor. Like, that's not what they did. They cured themselves. And so my grandparents, um, they, they, grow, they grow different bushes and herbs in the yard. And they turn these bushes or they boil the leaves or the bark or the fruit and they make it into a tea. And the idea behind this tea is that these teas cure whatever ailments you may have. So if, you're, if you have a cold or a flu, for example, uh, my grandmother would say, okay, go outside and get some Cerasea. Cerasea is like a type of vine, like a tree that grows on a vine. She would say, go outside and get some Cerasea, and you would get it, and she would boil it, and she would make it into a tea, and you had to drink it. And in a couple of days, you were supposed to be rid of your cold or your flu. And so that's where the, the, the bush tea came about. It was a way for them to cure themselves and to cure different ailments using the trees and the herbs that, that were found in the garden, that were found in the bushes, that were found all around the islands. And so one of the things that we try to do on the food tour is to preserve a little bit of that culture. Because, you know, as our grandparents die, die out um, and because of technology and all the other things, we, we're kind of moving away from that. But I just think that it's so important um, that we allow guests to see a little bit into, 
you know, this is a little bit, this has to do with our food culture as well. Like this has to do with some of the things and the remedies that we drink, because even though some of them taste bad, don't get me wrong. Some of them taste <laughs> very bad. I'm not going to, but some of them also taste good. So on the food tour, we allow guests to sample the ones that taste good. Well, <laughs> that's fair. I, I don't blame you there. <laughs> We let them sample the ones that taste good. And so we also let them know, you know, this is what this tea is for. If you're drinking a sour soft tea, it's good for this. If you're drinking a fever grass tea, it's good for this. So we let them sample the different bush teas um, and they know, you know, this is the remedy for this. You can use this for this. And that always goes over well. Um, and it's a, it's a really nice tea shop that we go to. It's called Tasty Teas. And they actually make all of these bush teas. They actually manufacture them and package them into these really nice packages. And so guests can have the opportunity to actually see the plants where the teas are coming from. So they have the actual plants on site and you can see the plants that they made into these teas and you can purchase the teas as well. So that's just a little bit about the bush tea. Um, but I, I just love the fact that, you know, our grandparents were just into healing themselves and they, not that they didn't believe in doctors, but they just always thought about healing themselves from the earth, you know, from the, the food that we, the foods that we eat and drink. I love that. And I only hope that it's, we become to a world where it's Eastern and Western medication that helps you, right? I know some people believe in homeopathic doctors and holistic doctors to heal themselves, but just as much as we need Western doctors too, right? So I hope we get to a point someday where it's kind of this beautiful mix of 50-50 where we can rely on things like bush tea to heal us, but also if we need a Western doctor, we have that too. So I'm fingers and toes crossed for that one. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. And I want to go into drinks for one second here. One of your tours is Rum Runner's Pub Crawl which to me, I actually mm-hmm. think I would physically be crawling at the end of it. But give me a little bit of flavor about this tour. Like how many drinks are you drinking? How long is it? I just find that so fun. And I'm presuming rum is quite popular in the Bahamas now. Yes, absolutely. So in the Bahamas, rum is, in, is very, um, we, we drink it a lot. Dark rum, white rum, flavored rum. Um, We drink a lot of rum. And rum is very popular in cocktails. Um, So like Bahama Mamas and rum punches and stuff like that. So on the Rum Runners Pub Crawl, what we do is over three to three and a half hours, we take you to between four and five bars around the island. So you're still getting a tour of the island, Um, but now you're stopping. So as opposed to the flavors of Nassau food tour that focuses on tasting spots or restaurants, the pub crawl focuses on local bars, local pubs, local dives, things like that. And so at each of these venues, you get one drink, um, one full size drink. And then at two of the venues, you get appetizers to go along with it. So we always tell people before you come on the Rum Runners Pub Crawl, please have a meal because you are going (laughs) to drink. This isn't isn't a full-on food or you are going to drink. And some of the drinks are going to be strong. Uh, So we encourage people to drink, um, sorry, to eat beforehand. But it's such a fun tour. I absolutely love this 
tour because you know people are on vacation they want to let loose they want to have fun they want to you know drink with the local strength so you know we have our local bear which is Kalik so they get to sample the local bear they get um cocktails made from the local rum they get to try wine that's um made from one of the local um wine shops here so four and five stops depending on on the time and the traffic would which al- would would allow minimum four stops if the time allows we have a fifth stop that we go to as well but i absolutely love this tour it's so much fun um the guests get to interact with the bartenders um they get to see how to mix um the drinks that the bartenders are making um and they also get to see a little bit of the island they get to you know as we're driving along between the different stops they get to see the forts they get to see the water tower they get to see the 66 steps so that's one of the things that i love about the pub crawl as well that's awesome that sounds like so much fun like i think that's such a good tip about food because If you don't eat before that, my hats off like good yeah. luck to you. <laughs> That's not easy. You're just, getting, you're just getting um little bites along the way. So you you get little bites at two of the places, but the tour is just mainly focused on the libations. So we just want to make sure um we always try to set the expectation beforehand, make sure I have something to eat because we're going to hit the ground running drinking. Sure. I love that. And I have two other questions before we slowly ish wrap up here. First question is I love to talk about hidden gems and off the beaten path. I love that your tours are like this. But for anyone who may not have the opportunity to do your tour or maybe someone doing your tour wants to go back to certain restaurants, do you have maybe two to three restaurants that you recommend that are like real local hidden gems in the Bahamas that you think are just so interesting and cool to go check out? Yeah, so people access this a lot and I think that that's a really Um I really love that question because a lot of times people come to the island and you know there's the popular places and the touristy places that you go and that's all well and good but you know it's just so much fun and it's so intriguing when you find these little places and sometimes people may think they're hole in the walls right and honestly some of them do look that way but when you peel back the layers you know these places have amazing food and a lot of times it's not even just amazing food it's just the history of the establishment you know um so one place that i absolutely love and i always tell guests about is a place called Nesbits so Nesbits has been around from i was a child they have some of the best local cuisine um that you can get on the island the food is fresh the food is authentic um and it's one it's one of the places that a lot of tourists and visitors don't really know about but all the locals know about it um so i think nesbits is definitely one um that i i think people should absolutely try whenever they're in the bahamas the second one i would recommend is a restaurant called goldies it's at the fish fry so the fish fry is like a big open air market that has a lot of stalls um and restaurants um all serving the fresh catch of the day all serving seafood um but one of them that stands out to me is a restaurant called Goldies and Goldies is a place where you know it's very laid back um very casual dining um but it has really really good um locally caught seafood like it's right on the water 
so you know the seafood is fresh and it's prepared in the in the ways that we eat it at home, whether it's um, fried snapper or whether the fish is stewed. Um, they prepare it the way that we actually eat it on a day to day basis. So Goldie's is a is a good spot to go to. And the third place I would recommend is a restaurant called Cape Shack. So Cape Shack is actually um, located at Potterski Dock. And Potterski is another open air market in Nassau that has um, a lot of stalls and restaurants. And it's on the water as well. So you can be sure that the fish, all the seafood is fresh. Um, and so you go to Cape Shack and they, you know, they serve up all the, the things that we locals love, the count, the seafood, the peas and rice, all the good stuff. So those are my three recommendations for persons who are visiting Nassau, but may not have time to do the food tour. Um, you can you can visit either of those three restaurants and you'll be sure to get authentic, flavorful Bahamian food. Yum, yum, and yum. All sound fabulous. Thank you so much, Sandy, for sharing that. And my last question before we really wrap up, it's a question I love to ask at the end of every episode is how do you want people to feel after they experience any of your food or beverage drink tours? I want people to really be excited to try more. And I want people to really feel as though they got a real taste of our culture because so much of our culture is tied up in the things that we eat. And so that's one of the main messages that we try to convey on the tour um, is our food culture, how food brings us together how food just has this ability um, to make us feel better. I know sometimes we call it comfort food, uh, but it just has this ability to bring us together. In the Bahamas, it's a talking piece. We love talking about where to get the best food. We love talking about how to make a dish better. Um, so it's it's in the Bahamas, it's always, and, and as with a lot of other places, you know, it's always the focal point um, of how we live. You know, and so I want people to leave just having that feeling of, you know, the richness of the culture, as well as a feeling of community. And so that's one of the things that, you know, on our food tours, we try to bring to the forefront um, because we also love sharing recipes with our guests so that when they go back, you know, if they had something that they loved, you know, we like to give them the recipe so that they can try it at home. And they, I like to say they can take a little piece of the Bahamas back with them. Um, so we just always want them to feel like, you know, they're family, they're part of our community, and just to really get a feel of the richness of, of our culture. That's a beautiful message, Sandy. I love everything you're saying. And I love that you even offer a recipe for somebody to make at home. I think people want to feel like they're almost on vacation again. And if you're able to bring that back, I, I love that. And I never like to wrap these up, but Sandy, you have been absolutely wonderful, magnificent, amazing. I love your background. I love the Island food tours and what you've created, talking about local cuisine, talking about unique foods, just really talking about the Bahamas in general and the culture, just so much diversity, so much to do. That's so exciting. I'd love for you to shamelessly plug away your social media website, and most importantly, how can people book a tour with you? Okay, so to book a tour with us, our website um, is the easiest way. So our website is www.islandfoodtour.com. So no S on the end of 
tour islandfoodtour.com and on the website it has our tours um, and it also has the availability for the tours and then outside of that um, for booking we're on Viator we're on TripAdvisor we're on Get Your Guide so you can book us on any of those platforms and as it relates to social media on Instagram we're Island Food Tour and on Facebook, we're Island Food Tour as well. So either of those, either of those ways, um, you can book us. Getting in touch with us is easy. Um, you can email us info at islandfoodtour.com. Um, we're always monitoring that inbox. Um, and then if you want to um, say, for example, if you want to do a custom tour or you see something that or you like something that may not be on our website, um, you can send us a message because we do do custom tours. Some persons want private tours. They may not want to be with a group. Um, so we do offer custom and private tours. Um, so that is an option as well. But social media is also an easy way to reach out to us. Social media, email, and then booking on our website or either of those platforms. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And Sandy, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Mariel, thank you so much. I had so much fun. I love talking about food. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about? Whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online, on our website, at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.